Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Turn with me, please, to the book of Exodus, chapter 23. Exodus, chapter 23. I don't really have a sermon title because I don't really have a sermon because God's playing games with me one more time. And uh, I, I, don't, I didn't have time to do the sermon because he just started speaking to me scriptures as I pulled into the parking lot. And he just said, one, two, three, four, five. And he said, I said, Lord, I, I don't even have time to write it in my notebook. I just had to take screenshots of my, of my uh, Google search uh, when I typed in those things. Because sometimes he does it that way. He doesn't usually do it that way. But uh, so I'm just talking to you. I don't have necessarily uh, three points, four hymns, three ha's. And, and, and two jokes to close the message. I'm just going to talk to you from my heart, but, but he just dropped some scriptures and he said, I want, to talk, want you to talk about angels tonight because they have a, an important role and you need to talk about them more. Amen. Praise God. Where's my son, Cole? Okay. Um, <clears throat> and so it says here in Exodus chapter 23, and it says, uh, Behold, I send... An angel before thee, verse 20, chapter 23, verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee, or that means to protect thee, in the way, and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Now, just hold that, that place there, please, and go over, if you would be so kind, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, I think it is, yeah. For it is written, eye is not seen nor ear heard, neither into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So we know that he's prepared some things for us. Right? And, uh, you know, he's revealed them to us by his spirit, and the spirit knows the deep things of God, and he, we, we have freely a right to know these things, and these things we speak out, which is speaking of praying out in the spirit and speaking in, in prophecy and inspired utterance. But I want you to notice that he's prepared things. Now, again, I'm just kind of going with, with the unction this evening. But have a look over, and I'm going on memory in all of this, so correct, forgive me if I get it wrong. I think it's Ephesians 2. Uh, thank God for Reverend Taylor because he has memorized most of the New Testament and so he can help us. But I think it's Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Yes. For we are God's own workmanship. I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. His handiwork, great created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined or planned beforehand for us. So he's asked us to do good works. Okay. Now where are the works? They're on the path. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Notice he said twice there, I've prepared things ahead of time. So what did he prepare ahead of time? Works and paths. So he's got a path for you to walk. You don't have to come up with your own path. (laughs) All these counselors in school that talked to me when I was in grade 9 and 10 11, they're a bunch of bollocks. They're full of it. It's not right. You can do anything you want. I I know why they're saying that, but that's not good advice. Especially in a Christian school. Secular school, I can understand. You can do anything you want. You can go to any university you want. What, what path do you pick? What course in your life have you chosen? But that fundamentally is wrong advice because he's picked the path. What we should be telling people is not you can do anything you want. Now, you can do anything you put your mind to, but that's not the point. The point is what has God asked you to do? What path has he picked for you to do? Because he's picked a path beforehand and he's put works on that path for you to do ahead of time. So we really shouldn't be encouraging young people just to do whatever they want. Or because the parent 
didn't maybe do everything in their life that they wanted or didn't fulfill their potential. So now they want to live vicariously through their child. And well, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer or something that they think is highfalutin because I didn't do that. And I want you to have a better life. It's nothing wrong with the heart wanting a child to have better life than you did. There's nothing wrong with that. But you shouldn't be putting pressure on your young person to live some kind of a life that maybe that's not the path that God chose. What you should be saying is I'm praying for you for the path to be revealed, not just to me, but to you, son or daughter. Because God, notice that he says that he has works prepared beforehand. And then he says, and paths which he prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So when I'm on the right path, Jenny, I'm going to be doing works on that path. Both of them, God did not get taken by surprise. Both of them, he figured out long before I was born what they were. My job isn't to create the path. My job is to find out what he already laid. I'm not trying to do my own thing. I'm not trying to do my own work. I'm just trying to say, Lord, what work have you prepared for me to do? On what path have you laid before me? That's all I'm going to do. And then when you do the works on the path that God has prearranged, then we see the rest of that verse, which we always like to skip to. But you got to have the right path and the right works before the next part qualifies. And then it says that we living the good life, which he has prearranged and made ready for us. If you want the good life, you need the right path. And you need the right works on the right path. I'm trying to just let you see something. God has prepared something. 1 Corinthians 2.9. God has a path prepared ahead of time. Works prepared ahead of time. Ephesians 2.10. And he's got a good life prepared ahead of time. Because it says there, the good life which he prearranged. That means for ahead of time. He's got it all. This is, you have to figure nothing out. You just have to just let him figure it out. And you just do what he says. And then your life will be sweet. He has got something prepared. Now, back to please, back to please. What did we say? Uh, Exodus, I believe, 23. Is that what we said? Exodus 23. Exodus 23, 20. Thank you. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Well, if he did it in a lesser covenant, how much more is there an angel assigned for me in a better covenant to bring me into the good life that he has prepared? But did you notice there was an angel that that was assigned there? Now, I struggled with this for a while because the word angel is capitalized in the King James. And really what that's talking about is the pre-incarnate Christ, Jesus, had come to lead them into into the land. But oftentimes when they're talking about this great being, which they don't know where they don't know his name. They don't know his name is Jesus. But they just know he's bigger and greater than an angel. So they called him the angel of the Lord, capital A, because they don't know what else to call him. But when you see capital A, the angel of the Lord, it's talking about the pre-incarnate Jesus. Jesus showed up in bodily form. Remember, remember when he saw Abraham and, 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 and he was talking and Sarah laughed and, and that was just before they destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. The two angels, there were three of them. Two angels, those are regular angels. But Jesus, the angel, capital A, was there. He came with two angels. Jesus was there when he blessed and he said, kneel before me. And he laid hands and he blessed Jacob after he wrestled with Jesus. Jesus was there a lot in the Old Testament in the pre-incarnate form. Meaning he was coming down because he's still God. And he came down as Jesus, but they didn't know his name. So they called him the angel of the Lord. Are you with me? Then he comes in, 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 then he comes through Mary and he lives on the earth. That, that was his plan, but he came, remember the, the burning furnace and the fiery lamp that came down that walked between the cut pieces with Abraham and Genesis 15. Who do you think that was? The angel of the Lord, Jesus. 
So I struggled with this a little bit because it says that I've sent an angel before you, which is really the Lord himself is going before you. Now, okay, because I thought, well, Lord, okay, I can't use this as an angel verse because it's not really about an angel. It's about the Lord. And I've heard ministers talk about this as an angel, but it's not. Let's just get, let's be good students of the Bible. If you hear people quote this and say an angel will go before you in this verse, that's not accurate. It's not talking about an angel. It's talking about the Lord, but they'll, they'll try to spin it that way because it says the word angel, but you got to look at the capitalization and who it's talking about. It's talking about the Lord going before them. So I said, well, I can't really use this as a verse about the angel going before us to bring us into the plan because it's not really an angel. Just hold on a second and watch out. Beware of him. Obey his voice, provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. Now, that, that proves that it has to be the Lord, because angels don't have the power to pardon transgressions. Now, he's saying he won't, but the fact that he's saying he's not going to would indicate that he could, but he's choosing not to. But an angel can't. The angel doesn't even have the choice to. Do you understand? So that's why another reason we know this has to be the Lord, because only the Lord can pardon transgressions, although he's saying that he's not going to pardon transgressions. Okay, but, for, but if thou indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy. Notice he says, I speak. Do you see? I'm just trying to give you little clues here. Obey his voice, but he's not just an angel, he's the Lord. God is speaking to Moses about God because he is the pre-incarnate form of God or the, third, or the second person of the Trinity. So he's saying, look, look at how he's wording it now. If you will indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, God is equating himself with the capital A angel. Do what the angel, which is Jesus, says, and do what I say, because God is both. Are you with me? Can you follow that? Then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For my angel, capital A, shall go before you and bring you into the Amorite, unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Termites. Oh, sorry, that was not there. And I will cut them off. Now, did you notice that the Lord brought them into enemies? <laughs> so when tests and trials, when problems show up, you know, yes, I know the tests and trials are from the devil, but did you notice the Lord didn't just take them into what was easy and what was just uh, flowery, Dad Hagen said, beds of ease. The Lord brought them into a land they had to conquer and he brought them into battle arrangements. So when things, when God leads you into something and you go, ho, 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 how could God be leading this? This is a problem. I didn't think God led me into problems. Well, God doesn't test you and tempt you. The Bible says that's the devil's job. Those are tests and trials, but God will lead you into the land that he, into the path that he's called you to dominate. And there will be problems on that path, but he's not afraid of the problems that are there or the people that are there, or the obstacles that are there, or financial. He's not afraid of that, and he will get you to confront something so that you can fulfill the plan. So God, in other words, he's not shying away from the Jebusites. He's not afraid of them. And he doesn't expect us to be afraid of them. Why? Because he went ahead. He went before. Why do we need to be concerned if he goes before? He didn't say he goes after. He leads us in there like guinea pigs to see what happens, and then he's behind us. No, he goes ahead of us. To, to, to plow the road. So when you're facing something that's an obstacle on the path that God has for you, 
going into the land that God's asked you, uh, uh, dominating and conquesting what God has asked you to do. And you know it's God. And then there's obstacles. Don't be concerned because God led you to face those so that you'll knock them down. But remember, he already went before you. He's taken their defense away from them. All you have to do is speak. All you have to do is speak. Do you see that? Thou shalt not bow down to their gods. Why? Because they're going to ask you to. Nor serve them, nor do after their works. But thou shalt utterly overthrow them and break down their images. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Hmm. Interesting. He said, I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. But the previous thing there was, you better serve God. You better obey me. Interesting that 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, you want to know why some of you are sick? Because you, you won't treat the body of Christ right. Oh, but I'm reverent when I take communion. That's the physical body. What about the spiritual body? He's the head, we're the body. Are you treating your brother and sister right? Are you talking about each other and gossiping about it? Do you have some secret, some secret thing in your heart that you think you're better than black people? Or Chinese people? Or you're black thinking you're better than white people? Because that happens too, by the way. It's in the nature of man to think you're better. You better deal with that. Because if you have any kind of prejudice, you're mistreating the body of Christ. And the Bible says you're going to get sick. I didn't say it. Don't get mad at me. God said it. This is the reason some of you sick. Some of you won't get healed in the healing line and even some of you dying. This is the reason. Because you don't treat the body right. You don't treat the pastor right. You don't treat the local church right. You won't tithe. That's not treating the body. You won't show up. That's not treating the body. You talk about each other. There's schisms and there's conflicts and fighting and backbiting and, and anger and strife. This is the reason why. You've got to treat the body right. Notice he says, I'll take sickness away from you if you obey. It's not a free pass. You've got to live right. Same in the New Testament. Same thing. And I will send my fear before you. That doesn't mean you're afraid. It means the enemies will be afraid. And why? Because the Lord's going before you. And I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto you. I will send, I like it. See, when the Lord comes, there's a holy fear of God that goes before people. Remember, remember Taylor, the people at uh, Jericho? And, and, they, and then when finally Joshua sends the two spies, because he wised up, don't send, don't send 12, because you can't get anybody to agree with too many people. Just send two. And remember, the two went there, talked to Rahab, and she said, where have you been? For 40 years, we've been concerned. We heard about your, about your, your renown. We've been shaking in our boots. And you didn't show up. Why? The fear went before them. <laughs> oh, if they only, if Moses and the 12 would have only believed what God told yeah. him in Exodus 23. My fear has gone before you. I've gone before you. I've gone to take away their defense and their confidence from them. Just show up and they'll yield. Yes. So when he says go to Philippines, when he says go to Hawaii, when he says go where, when he says build the glory center, when he says do this, we've got to believe that God, you've gone before us. Your, your fear has gone before us. You've made a way, even though we don't understand it, how, when, where, it's a, it's a, I don't know, but I just have to believe if that's the path and if that's the plan that he's gone before me, he's gone before me. He's gone before you in your business, whatever your individual path is, your plan. I'm talking corporately, but you've got an individual, you've got a business, you've got things that you're believing God for, but you've got to believe he's gone before you. 
He's gone before us, my brother and sister. Uh, this is not like a typical sermon that I have notes. I'm just talking out of my spirit, but that's how he wanted it to be today. Now watch this. And I will send hornets before you. So the Lord going before them brought a fear, not on the God's people, but on the enemies of God. And, and, he, and, even, and even brought uh, critters. This is not symbolic. This is real hornets. Things to get rid of people. Things to move them out. Things to make them say, I don't like this place anymore. This isn't working right for me. Let me evacuate. Because promise of life's coming. And they don't even know it half the time. But we need them to not like that property anymore. We need them to want to give that property up. We need that property to not fit them right, to feel like ants on their skin, to feel like, I don't know why, but it's like fire in my pocket. I have to give it to you. Like James says, money will be like fire in their pocket. I have to give it to you. You see, that's supernatural. That's not natural. But Jesus going before us can cause these things to happen. Make them want to go. I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite and the Canaanite and the Hittite from before thee. I will not drive them out from you all in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against you. But little by little, I will drive them out before you until thou be increased and inherit the land. (laughs) Until thou be increased. I see now, Lord, why you're having me do this today. I wasn't quite sure why because he didn't really give me any notice. But I now see why. I'm not going to talk about it tonight because we're talking about angels, but next Wednesday is an important, important Wednesday. Don't miss. If you're watching, make sure you watch. If you can come, it'd be better to come. Because I want to talk next Wednesday about why we're doing these Holy Ghost meetings Amen. on Sunday night. Because God talked to me a lot about it in California. I need to explain to you why we're doing this. But one of the things that he said to me was, which I'll say now because it applies, but I won't say the whole thing, is he said, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get your church to increase. And at first I thought he meant numbers, but he didn't mean numbers, although numbers probably are included in the future. But he said, I'm trying to get them to increase. I'm trying to get them to increase in the place of the spirit to take a certain dominion and occupy a certain place. Now, you can't get the glory center and the things that are required for the glory center and the miracles and the mortgage and the money and the six million and, and all, every, there's so many things that go with that glory center. You can't get that until you've increased. Now he doesn't just mean increase with people, although he, I'm sure that includes that, but he wasn't referring to that. He was referring to there's a realm in the spirit, there's a place of the spirit to occupy, a bigness on the inside of us, but also a place in the spirit that we have to increase and occupy in order for that thing to come to pass. And so, I didn't, and I forgot this verse was even in here, but he prompted me to read Exodus 23. So sometimes he'll prompt you because he's been talking to you about something and then he'll prompt you, but you don't even know that there's a scripture in there to confirm what he's been prompting you and what he's been already talking to you about. But he's been talking to me, I want you to start having these services because there's something about these services that will be different to all the other services. And this will cause a hunger to grow, a momentum to grow. There will be a building in the realm of the spirit and an occupying that place more fully. The roots will go deeper because of these services. Now, why? Because we have to grow in the spiritual realm as well as the natural realm, but we have to start in the realm of the spirit and then the realm of the natural will follow up. The growth of the church will follow this growing in the spirit. But see, we have to do this incrementally, little by little. Notice that I'm not doing it all at once. Why? Because you can't handle the whole land. 
We have to do, listen, we, we got to grow into the glory center. We've got to grow into. Our faith has to grow into it. Our spirituality has to grow into it. Yes, our numbers have to grow into it. Our budget has to grow into it. But really, it's about the realm of the spirit more than it is about all those natural things because they'll follow the realm of the spirit. We have to grow as a congregation into that place of occup- occupation, that place of the spirit that we occupy. And I believe these services are going to help us It's going to help us grow little by little. Notice it said there, little by little, verse 30, I'll drive them out before you until thou be increased. Little by little, meet, grow, let the momentum, let the hunger build. Let the place of the spirit be occupied deeper and greater and stronger. Little by little, increase, increase, increase until you're ready to take that whole thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you because you've been talking to me about little by little, but I didn't even know this verse existed. And he prompted me, read Exodus 23 tonight, but I didn't even know it was in here. Praise God. That's a, that's a, that's a confirmation. Praise God. So uh, he says, I'm going to lead you into the place. So I thought, well, this is the Lord. There's not, a, there's not our angels. This is the Lord. So I can't really use this as an angel verse. But then I heard the Lord say, now, well, go over to Exodus 33. And I'll give you more clarity on that. So I went over to Exodus 33, and you can too. And it says here, And the Lord, verse 1, said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought out of the land of Egypt, and the land which is sworn to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying unto thy seed, I will give it. And I will send an angel, small a, before thee. And I will drive out the Canaanite, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee. I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art stiff in that people, lest I consume thee in the way. Now, you know, we don't have to keep reading, but that's where he has us. Exodus 33 is a beautiful chapter. That's where he says, he goes and he talks to the Lord. And he says, if I find favor in your sight, if I found grace in your sight, don't, don't send me without you. For if you, don't, if you don't go, we don't go. Where your presence is, we have to be. Remember that wonderful? And then God finally says, okay, because you found grace, I'll go up. And then he says, show me your glory. And he says, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and my goodness will pass before you and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. That's all in chapter 33. But I want you to notice something for the purpose of talking about angels. Jesus, God said to him 10 chapters before, I'm going to go before you. Now they make some mistakes. God gets annoyed. 10 chapters later, he says, my angel's going to go before you, but I'm not. Do you understand? So that means, this is how he said it to me. 10 chapters earlier, when he said, I'm going to go before you, obviously angels were included. Because 10 chapters later, when he says, now I'm not going to go before you because you're annoying me. But don't worry, my angels are still going to go with you. And they're still going to go before you. So angels in 10 chapters before were with the Lord going before them. And then 10 chapters later, when the Lord said, I'm going to step back and just have the angels, they'll still do the job. My presence is just not going to be with you. But see, did you notice the point is not about the presence and all that stuff. I'm talking about angels. He said the angels will still drive them out. The angels will still go before you. The angels will still bring the terror and the fear and the hornets. The angels will still do all of this stuff. So obviously when the Lord said, I'll go, it was him and angels. Now he's saying 10 chapters later, I'm not going to go, but the angels will still get the job done. You see that? So even though it is talking about the Lord 10 chapters before, we could theologically soundly say when the Lord goes with someone, angels go with the Lord. Okay? Because when the Lord didn't go, angels did the job. We also know that the Bible says that he is, remember in Joshua 5, can you have a look there quickly? In Joshua chapter 5. Amen. 
Well, maybe it's chapter 6. Like I said, yeah, chapter 6. I'm doing this on memory. Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was saying they shut up because the children of Israel were not on come in. I want to make sure I'm looking at the right place here. Because he says, no, it's not that. It's chapter 5. I told you, just be patient with me today. <laughs> chapter 5. Yeah, there it is. And uh, verse 13, it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against them with a drawn sword in his hand. That's the pre-incarnate Jesus. And Joshua went to him and said, are thou for us? And he said, nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And he fell on his face. What does that mean? Captain of the host. What does host mean in the Hebrew? Armies. I am the captain of the angel armies. So Jesus with Joshua showed up as the leader or the commanding general of angel armies. So obviously in Exodus 23, when he showed up to lead them into the land, he was the leader of angel armies. And angels were going before them to bring them into the place God had prepared. And then when he got annoyed, he said, I'm going to step back. You're not going to enjoy my presence, but the angel army that I'm over is still going to go and do the thing. And then he said, no, we know we want you. And you know, the rest of the story, God said, okay, fine, I'll go with you. But my point is angels brought them in. Angels went ahead of them as they began to increase bit by bit by bit. The Lord, listen, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going tonight, but I just, because he just said it to me very quickly, but he said, you need to talk about angels more, son, because you're entering into this new 2022 year. There's a lot that's going to happen. There's a lot in the spirit that's going to happen. There's some things in the natural that are also going to happen. And and you're not talking enough. And the people are not cognizant and conscious enough of the role that angels play. And I need you to be more, more cognizant of it for your own personal life, but also for promise of life as a, as a corporation, as a charity, as a, as a family, as a local church. You do have authority as a believer in this church to release angels. Your angels, as well as the angels that are here working with us, I know that as the pastor, I have the highest authority, but that doesn't mean because you're faithful and you still have a role in this church. You have a right to say, Father, I thank you that those angels are going before us. They're preparing the way. They're preparing the way for Dominica. They're preparing the way for Inverness. They're preparing the way, Father. Lord, I thank you angels are going before us. Don't just talk about your business. Are you listening to me? I'm trying to help you. Now, Danielle, I'm going to pick on you because I know you are not doing this, but I have to pick on somebody that is not doing it so they don't get offended. Okay? Danielle, don't just say, angel, go before me into my, because she's got a wonderful business and she's a personal trainer and she does all these things. Don't just focus on your business and forget promise of life. Now, because I know she doesn't do that, I can pick on her. I don't want to pick on somebody that I'm not sure because then they'll get offended with me. Do you understand? It's not just angel go before me. Do you have a name for your business? What is it? What? Evix? Evix. Angel go before Evix and cause clients to come. Cause increase to come. Drive out lack and poverty and issues before me. But in the same breath, angels go before promise of life and Pastor Craig and go before the next trip that he's got is Liberia. Go before and cause those 60 pastors to come and go and move those obstacles out of the way and cause favor and cause safety. Don't just focus on your life and your family and your business. Focus on the local church. Sow your mouth, your seed of your mouth and your authority into what's happening in the church. Because if you put God's church first, he'll make sure you are taken care of. 
I'm serious. Don't just call for your budget. Call for the 40,000 we need a week. That's why I gave you that thing on your fridge. Are you with me? No, but I know you're not calling because we've had three of the worst financial weeks we've had in a year. Since January 1st, we're $30,000 in debt. So I don't know if you ragamuffins don't believe in tithing or what's going on, but I, I'm not going to just obey God. Yes, sir. And if you've missed Sundays, make it up. Yes, but I'm not, put, I'm, not, I'm not looking at you. If I look at you, I'll have a heart attack. No, I mean it. I can't look at, I can't look at the people. Because people will let you down. People will be fickle. And our congregation generally is very faithful. Very, right through COVID, very faithful. So how could we have the worst three weeks since all of COVID? In the new year when we're talking and everybody is here and we're me, I don't understand it, it makes no sense to me. But the Lord told me, he said, you're looking at the offering, Craig. You're looking at the people. Look at me. I'm dealing with the people. And if they won't listen to me, I'll have to figure out another way. But that's my problem, not yours. You just look at me. What I'm saying to you is don't just call for your budget. Bring your faith and your authority and your calling and your dominion for our church budget. Because if you focus on calling for the church budget, I promise you, when you call for yours, there'll be another measure of power because you have sown into another man's so that your God will help you with your own. See, there's a principle with God. Be faithful in other man's so that he could give you your own. Serve another man so that you can give you your own. Speak for another man so that I speak for Pastor Nancy. That, that thing will come to pass. Why am I saying? I'm sowing my seed with my words so that I can reap a harvest for my own ministry. Why are we buying her five lights? Why are we spending $8,500 on that? Because I'm sowing financial seed, not just verbal seed. Because we need it for our new projects. Are you with me? So he said, my angel is going before you. That means Jesus, yes, we know the Lord has gone before us as New Testament saints. God has made the path. But I'm focused said focus on angels a little bit. So I'm trying to show you, even though that verse in 23 is talking about the pre-incarnate Christ, we know in 33 that there is angels because he's the captain of the army. So angels are part of going before you to bring us into the place that God has called us to. If you've started a business, there are angels that are assigned to your business. If you never release those angels... They stand there wanting to help, but they cannot help. This is scriptural. I can't give you the whole thing because it takes two, three sermons to get all the scriptures out. But you have taught on it many times in the past. So maybe go back and listen to one of those. Mm -hmm. But this is scriptural. This is biblical what I'm telling you. Angels cannot operate unless you speak. They only operate with believers. They don't operate with unbelievers. They operate with believers. So people have asked me, do unbelievers have an angel? Yes, up to the age of accountability. Because if they died before the age of accountability, they're going to heaven. But once they've gone to that age of accountability and, and they're not born, th- th- their spirit is now dead unto God. And they're considered a sinner. And they're going to give an account for that. Angels can't work with uncovenanted people. Do you understand? Demons work with uncovenanted people. <laughs> Now, you can release your angels to help an unsaved person, and the angel will help them. But the angel does not work with people that don't have covenant with God because angels don't serve devils. Angels don't serve people that don't have covenant. Angels serve the saints. Are you with me? So you have, if you're born again, you have angels. Not just your guardian angel that was with you from birth. You've got angels that are with you for a variety of purposes and reasons. 
You don't need to ask them their names. In fact, don't. You don't need to ask how many. You don't need to have conversations or interactions with them. In fact, don't. You'll open the door to demon spirits speaking to you. That's not your role. That's not your place. There's no scriptural reference to do that. Are you with me? But they are there. You have to believe what the Bible says is true, that they are there and they are there to help you. But unless you release them with your mouth, if you are a person that has some kind of a business or maybe you work for a business that's maybe not yours, but every business operates, no matter what it is, on the same basic principle. They have to sell something or provide some kind of a service in order to get money in order to pay you. So somebody has to then want that service or that article and be willing to purchase it so that your boss can have enough money to pay whatever it costs to make that thing or provide that service and then have enough to pay himself and pay all the bills and pay you and hopefully still be in a profit position at the end of the day. That <laughs> doesn't take a rocket science. That's how the world works. We're offering you something. Do you want it? Yes, I'll be willing to pay this much for it. Okay, great. Now we've got a sale. We've got a deal. Now I can pay my staff. Are you with me? Churches are the only institution on the entire planet that operate on a different principle. I'm not providing you necessarily a thing or a service, although I am preaching to you. So I guess from that perspective, it's a service. I'm teaching you. But you're, I'm not, it's not a sale. You're coming as a covenant person and saying, I give this to God. But because he hooked me up with you, why, oh Lord, why? But because he hooked me up with you, Pastor Craig. That's my pastor. This is my local church. I'm bringing the money so that the vision can go forward under your leadership. But that ain't your money. It's God's money. So you better take care of it and be better to treat it right and not waste it because it's God's money. I'm giving to God. You see, churches don't operate like businesses. Praise God. But it is still on that perspective. It's still on that same principle. You are getting something for your money, although you don't do it to get something. You, are you understanding me? You do it out of covenant. Whether I cannot even put a sentence together. If I couldn't even talk and God said, be here, you'd still be responsible to bring your tithe because you're doing it as a covenant to God. Now, it's wonderful that you learn and that's how God set it up so that you'd learn and get something from the services and you'd have a pastor that watches over you and teaches you. So you are getting a service from that perspective, but you're not paying for that service. A little while ago, somebody came up to me and said, I want you to give counseling to this person. They named the person. And I want you to tell them this. And what they said, I couldn't believe it. And what they said was anti-scriptural. You know what I'm talking about. Because I had to go to the board of directors and talk to them about it. And I want you to tell them this. And I said, but that's not scriptural. I know that, but I want you to tell them that. And I said, well, and they said, and it is what you're saying. It doesn't make sense. I saw, I showed them the scripture. Well, I didn't know that was in the Bible. I said, that's because you don't know much. It's not scriptural. I can't say that because you tell me to say that. Well, if you don't, we'll leave the church. See ya. And they did. And they took their money with them. And it hurt me a little bit because I felt like, Lord, this is persecution for the gospel's sake. But I know that God's working. See, there's a lot of people that get hurt, frustrated, but, but they know they're supposed to be here. So then they might have a little hissy fit and run away and wallow in the mud for a while until God gets a hold of them. Now, if their hearts are humble enough to come back and repent, they can stay back in the plan of God. If their hearts are too proud, which a lot of people are too proud to take correction or to humble themselves to come back, 
Do you know what I'm saying? And I keep these kind of things vague enough that nobody knows who I'm talking about so that if they ever do come back, they're not embarrassed. But sometimes it has to be said, even in very broad strokes, vague terms, to bring fear on the rest of the congregation. And I mean holy fear, not negative fear. Do you remember the Bible says, rebuke them publicly that fear would come upon the rest of the church. Now, I'm not even rebuking publicly by name. I'm just saying, there are situations where people try to manipulate with money, with their tithe. Most pastors have gone through it. I know Pastor Nancy has a dozen and one times. I know Dr. Coulter did a dozen and one times. We've had many. That's just one I'm thinking about right now, but we've had, oh, so many. Oh, my God. When I was in your office, Lorraine, that was my office, your office, and I was sitting there behind the desk, and this man who was doing work on the church came in, walked, he was painting. He came in, this is in 2010, he came when we were renovating the building, the first renovation. He came in and looked at me and he says, now you're going to do this, or I'm leaving. He wanted me to allow him to do multi-level marketing in the church. I looked at him and I said, but I don't believe that that's right. And he started getting aggressive with me. He took a step forward me. He started doing this. And Jenny heard, oh my God, don't mess with her. Jenny heard it from the other office. And you remember Jenny? She walked into my office, passed him, went behind the desk, pointed her finger across the desk and said, now you watch your mouth talking to my house. She went, she changed into another woman. My God, I, feel, I, felt, I felt somebody was protecting me that day. No, I've never seen her since or before do that. Not with that kind of, there was an anointing on her. It's like the Holy Ghost rose up because I, they were intimidating me. Now they wouldn't today, but back then they were. They were intimidating me and I didn't want to lose their supply. But she knew that was wrong. And she, and she laid into uh, that person's face. You should have seen that person's face. I mean, they just, they didn't know whether they should punch her or run. And for their sake, I'm glad they ran because if they tried to punch her, she would have taken them down. She said, don't you ever. How dare you? Anyway. There's a place for that. Why am I talking about that? I don't know. But the point is, is that businesses operate on a, you get something, we pay you. Churches don't necessarily operate on that same thing. You do it free will. You don't use it to control. Does any know why I'm talking about that anyway? The angel of the Lord is, it said, there's a host. He said, I'm come as the captain of the host. I don't know why I was on that. Taylor can't remember why I was on that. Some of the bunny trails go so quick off the path and Taylor forgets the on-ramp. If you remember the on-ramp, help me. Did you watch Pastor Debbie? She's much more skillful than you. When Pastor gets off the, off the thing, she's, and Pastor, Pastor Debbie, come on, Pastor, come on back. Yeah, you need to go and, and take a lesson, Brother Taylor, because I need your help to get back on the 401. I've taken Jane Street and I'm lost. I don't know why we were talking about that. Oh, yes, I know why. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Can't count on him, but I can sure count on you. I'm just kidding, Taylor. I'm just kidding. The businesses operate on this principle. You need sales. We need tithers. Not sales, but tithers. Angels can go before you to influence sales, to influence people that are looking at all the advertisements, but for some reason they see you or they hear about you or they heard about somebody that said something about you and they don't know why, but there's just, I don't know why. I don't know why my gut tells me. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. They don't know the word, the language we know. I just, I just think I should go with that person. 
That's, that's a supernatural being influencing their decision. I don't know why, but I just feel I need to go to that church. That's a supernatural being influencing. That's an angel influencing the outcome because angels can go before you and help prosper you in that way. Are you with me? So I'm just, I don't know really where we're going with this tonight. I just know he said, talk about angels and talk about them going before and talk about them helping and talk about them prospering because you're starting this year and you need more talk on releasing a faith from the congregation as well as yourself. He corrected me on these wonderful beings that are here at your disposal. And you're trying to get into some big things, Craig, but you need their help, but you're not releasing them. He corrected me, Jenny. He said, you're not talking about them enough. You're not releasing them enough. And the people are doing less than you. Are you listening to me? He's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. The people are doing less than you, Craig. So that means people need to be reminded, need to be re-educated, need to be encouraged to say, guys, you have authority in this local church and your home and business. Don't just release them for your home and business. Release them for the church because God's trying to bring us into something. And these angels are going to help us get in. Whoa, I'm telling you, they're going to help us. They're going to help us. So they go before us. Now, Genesis chapter, what is it, 849? I only got uh, 11 minutes, but I can get a whole ton out in 11 minutes. Genesis chapter 24, verse 40. You should know this. And he said unto me, the Lord before whom I walk, this is Abraham talking to his servant who was going to look for a wife for his son. The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. And thou shalt take a wife for my son from my kindred and of my father's house. An angel will go with you to prosper you in the way. My brother and sister, say that. There's angels with you. They cannot do it unless you speak to them. Now, Psalm 103, verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20. There's so many, 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 many scriptures. I can only give you a sprinkling. But Psalm 103 and verse 20 tells us very clearly why you have to speak to them. And it says, bless the Lord, all ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments. They obey God, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless you all his hosts, these ministers of his that do his pleasure. Remember, it says that he has pleasure in the prosperity of of his servants. Is that Psalm 35, I think? He has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Angels do his pleasure. So if he has pleasure when I prosper and angels do his pleasure, angels obviously are connected with helping me prosper. But we see in Genesis 24, 40, it says it very clearly. The angel will go before you, go with you and prosper you in the way. So angels are connected to our prosperity. But notice it says they hearken to the voice of his word. They hearken to the voice of his word. Now, in the Old Testament, it's a little different than the New Testament, but we're in the New Testament, so we're going to talk through the cross. Because of our dominion and authority, and we're seated in heavenly places with Christ and in Christ, we have authority to speak to angels. For Hebrews 1.14 tells us that they are ministers, sent forth to minister unto the heirs of salvation. Now, you take that and you take this verse, and you see they don't listen necessarily just because you tell them something in your own authority. But in your covenant authority in the name of Jesus, when you speak because you're seated in heavenly places with Christ, when you say certain things to these ministering spirits that are sent forth to minister for you and to help you and to aid you, when they are here, when you say in the name of Jesus as a covenant man, I'm different than the Old Testament. They were covenant too, but it's different. It's stronger in the New Testament. I speak to you. 
Now listen, they don't listen because you are talking, Greg. They listen because of your authority in his name as a covenant man when you speak his word. They can only hearken to the voice of God's word. But because you're seated in heavenly places with Christ and you are actually a part of Christ called the body of Christ, you're, you're technically the body of God. I need you to understand that. You're part of God. So when they hearken to the voice of the word of God, but you are part of the body of God and you're seated in heavenly places with God and you're a co-heir with Jesus. And now you speak from that place of dominion and authority, his word. It's as though God has spoken his word because you're part of God. I didn't say you are God. I said, you're part of God. You're the body of Christ. That doesn't mean you have rights. Sinners can't speak to angels, but believers can because we're seated and we're part of him. So when they hearken to the voice of the word of God, but we are part of God, we are his body seated with him, co-joint heirs with Jesus. And we say as a covenant man in his name, I command you according to his word. And then you speak his word. They will obey that word. That's why you can't send them to get you Starbucks because that's not scriptural. But you can say, now the word says that you'll prosper me. So go before me. Now remember that guy, he had to have the girl. Was it Rebecca? She had to be at a certain place at a certain time. He had to be at a certain place at a certain time. Which means angels can influence people that you need to be at a certain place at a certain time. And those angels can cause them to be there and they can cause you to be there. And they're like figuring it all out. And then they just, and then you had the conversation and, it, and they're like, well, I did it. Yeah. I prospered them. Yeah. Angels can influence people. They can't force them, but they can influence people. But they'll do it if you speak. They hearken to the voice of his word. You've got to put his word in your mouth as the body of Christ, then they will listen. You can't just talk. <laughs> so the Taco Bell angels, they call them that because he, what Dad, hey, Dad DeFray needed the Taco Bell building for his ministry. They're not called the Taco Bell angels in heaven. He called them that. They're not called that. But they showed up in his room and they had armor and the armor was dented. They had been in warfare which is very fascinating because they were money angels to come help them for money. And yet they had dented armor, which shows that there was some kind of a, this is in the New Testament, there was some kind of a battle in the heavenly realm about money. There were evil spirits trying to hold back money for the plan. And those angels were warring to get the money to Dr. Dufresne. We don't realize that. You just think angels are warring for the souls of men, which they do. Or for the plan, because remember the, the angel came to Daniel and he was being withstood to get information so they can be withstood to get information. They, but they can also be withstood for finances. Yes. Sometimes I think this financial thing is far more demonic than we realize. Yes. It is. And there's angels that are assigned to help with that. And now they said, we have come from heaven to straighten out your finances. And he said, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and then he was waiting. If you remember him tell the story, he was waiting. And he said, okay, well, great. And they were just staring at him. There were two of them. And they're staring at him. And he said, thank you for figuring out the finances. I need this money for the building. Thank you. And they're just staring at him. See, the angels aren't giving you, they're not authorized to necessarily teach you. That's why your pastor teaches you. Because they don't come and say, now this is what you need to do. They'll just stare at you. No, I'm serious. They're not authorized to preach the gospel or teach the gospel. 
They know how it works, but they're not authorized to teach that to you. They're only authorized to bring you messages. So they're looking at him. Okay. And he said, great. Thank you. And they just stared at him. And he knew something's missing because they're not leaving to do the job. So he said, uh, what else do you need? He asked them. Now, they wouldn't have said anything if he hadn't have asked. Because they're not initiating a teaching session. But now he's directly asking them. Now they're authorized to answer the question. What, 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 why are you not going? What, what do you need? And they said, the faith command. Remember that, Reverend Greg? The faith command. So then he read, and then he quoted, he quoted the scripture. The word angel doesn't have to be in the scripture. He said, my God shall supply all my needs. Philippians 4, 13, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So therefore go in Jesus name and supply this need. And they both flew through the window. And what was it a month or two later that that man came in the jogging suit with 300 and something thousand dollars. And then later on, he came back a second time with another 200 and something thousand dollars. And he said, those two big fellows visited me in my house again and said, you go take him another check. I mean, angels will go into people's homes and appear to them if they have to. He still had a choice in the will. They weren't going to cut him down or beat him up or throw him in hell or something. I mean, they can't make people, but they can still speak to people and say, God wants you to do this. But that's extreme. Usually they don't appear to people. They influence people. But in some cases they will. But you notice the angels were waiting for the faith command. Sinners don't have faith. That's why sinners can't command them. But believers have faith. They'll look at you for the rest of your life and not help you. You have to give them the faith command. You have to say, now go in Jesus' name. According to the word and then quote them a scripture. For whatever it is that you're talking about. And I love Genesis 24, 40 because prosper is a very broad term and it covers a lot of ground. It, to prosper me means a lot. It means favor. I also like Psalm 512. I say that to the angels a lot. That, that thou shalt encompass me with favor as with a shield. That means 360 degrees every direction I turn, there's favor around me. And I say, now angels, the Bible says that God will encompass me. Now you go cause that to happen. And everywhere I turn, you give me favor. I don't have as many stories as I'd like, but I do have quite a few. Quite a few. I don't know why. I just don't know why. I just don't know why I'm doing this. I just don't know why I'm doing this, Pastor Craig. I just don't know why I'm doing this, Mr. Field. But I just feel compelled. And I just smile. That's my angel working. But he wouldn't work if I didn't speak Psalm 512 to him. If I didn't speak Genesis 2440 to him. They'll do it if you'll, if you'll release them in faith. But you've got to live right. The minute you stop tithing, the minute you start gossiping, the minute you start getting offended, the minute you start doing this and looking at things you shouldn't, uh, you pause. They go on pause. Now, you repent, they'll get working again, but you've got to have a lifestyle that's living right before God for them to really work for you. Amen. Now, a couple more because I just have to tell you these before we go. I just want you to see the 2 Samuel 5, 24. You can give me a little bit of grace tonight. Amen. I've got two minutes left, but I might need four. 2 Samuel 5, 24. 2 Samuel 5. Praise God. In verse 19, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thy hands. And David came to Belperism, and David smote them there and said, The Lord has broken forth upon my enemies before me as a breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Belperism. And there they left their images. And David didn't sell them to make a quick buck. He burned them. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephraim. Now, see, most people just go up again. Well, the Lord was with me last time. He'll be with me again. But David was smart. He prayed. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them. 
and come over them, upon them over against the mulberry trees. And, it w- and let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that thou shalt, shalt bestir thyself or stir yourself up. For then the Lord shall go before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him and smote the Philistines from Gibeah until you come to Gazar. Notice he said, the other translation says, when you hear the mulberry trees, the leaves rustling. There's no, it's not wind. That's amazing. There are angels marching 20 feet in the air in troops by rank. And as they march, they're moving the leaves of the trees. And God allowed it in the natural realm for him to hear it. When you hear the sound of going, the Hebrew word means marching. When you hear the sound of troops marching, go, my brother, stir yourself up because the Lord has gone before you with his angel army. Jenny, I'm saying these scriptures because these are the scriptures he dropped in me as I was pulling in the parking lot. He said, you're coming into a new land. I want you to know the angels will go before you, but the congregation needs to release them more. You need to release them more. They will hearken to your voice if you'll speak my word. Now they went before Moses. Number one, he gave me five scriptures. They went before David and they accomplished some things. Angel armies. Praise God. What's the next one? I don't know. Let me look it up. Second Kings 1935. These are screenshots. I didn't even have enough time to write them down. Second Kings 19 and 35. I hope that's right. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord, small a, so this is just a regular angel, not the Lord, went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians 104 score and 5,000, 185,000. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. Did you notice the angel went? The angel went. Glory to God, the angel went, Jenny. The angel went. Hallelujah. I just, I just thought of another one. Praise God. I'm looking it up. We need to sow into Google. They've helped more preachers than anything else. And this is in 2 Kings 6.17. You don't even need a concordance. You just need Google. 2 Kings 6.17. You need Google and one phrase of the scripture verse. 2 Kings this is not part of the five, but this is an extra bonus because I know you're hungry. Second Kings chapter six and verse 17. And Elisha prayed. Uh, well, let's look at verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, the host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they would be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to, so the angels let that guy come all the way down to take Elisha. Come on, boys. Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Those angels smote people with blindness. <laughs> Woo! They smote people with blindness. They'll go before us, my brother and sister. That's what he just said. I want you to meditate on that tonight, son. They'll go before you. 2 Kings chapter 7, very quickly. The third verse, 2 Kings chapter 7. I'm just giving you some scripture. I don't exactly know where this is, but anyway, let's look down, down here. 
I think it's in verse 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering into the gate. This is Samaria. And they said to one another, we sit here. Why sit here till we die? If we say we will enter in the city, the famine is in the city. And if we die there, and if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us fall to the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, but what? We shall die. Remember, this is when Elisha said tomorrow about this time. Remember, and the guy didn't believe. Amen. And they rose up in the twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come into the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said to one another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents with their horses and their asses and even the camp as it was and fled for their life. And when those lepers came into the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and they did eat and drink and you know the rest of the story. God sent angels and they heard the sound of angel horses and they didn't even see them. The angel didn't even kill them like they did to the Assyrians, 185,000. Just hearing the sound of angels can make people flee. Forget about them showing up, just hearing them. That's how ferocious they are. He said, there's angels. Listen, you don't have to be afraid of things. There's angels. There's angels at your disposal. Praise God. There's angels at my disposal. Amen. And last one, 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 21. 2 Chronicles 20 and 21. And the Bible says, this is about Jehoshaphat. We did consult with the people. He appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and said, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped destroy each other. And when, the, and when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked upon the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. None escaped. It's not normal no. for aligning armies, allies, to all of a sudden murder each other. What did God do when he set ambushments? Angels started to operate. Angels started to move. I, I, I know, I know, I got to go, but you got you to hear this. It's important. Judges chapter 5, verse 20. Judges chapter 5, verse 20. This is Deborah singing her song. She's singing the song of praise after Caesarea had fallen at the hand of Barak in the previous chapter. Now she says in verse 20, They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. The Bible often refers to angels, especially in Job, as the stars of God. When you see the word stars, not stars, physical stars, balls, suns, balls of light didn't fight against Sisera. But the stars are often referred to as angels. And she's saying they fought from the heavens, the stars or the angels in their courses or in their ranks. It actually means like a thoroughfare. There's ranks and paths in heaven. And from those places they fought against Sisera. But there were spirits that were stirring Sisera up. And those angels were dealing with those spirits in the spiritual realm so that when Barak stepped in the natural realm, he had victory. Angels were involved in that. And if you look back at one chapter earlier than that in chapter 4, and you look at verse 14, And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this day 
is the day the, which the Lord has delivered Sisera into thine hand. Watch now. Is not the Lord gone out before you? And then she says in verse chapter 5, verse 20, the angels fought against them. Amen. Now she's saying that did not the Lord go out before you? Why? Because the angel goes before us with his angels. I'm trying to give you scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture that angels are going as an army before us. They went before the lepers. They went before Elisha when, when, when he was surrounded. They went before Moses. They went before Abraham. If you look at these stories, they went to kill 185 Assyrians. There's constant references to them going out before us. They're all the way through the Bible. And I didn't even got to the New Testament, but they're there. Acts 5, they delivered all the apostles that were in prison together. The angel got them out. Acts 12, Peter is alone, going to be decapitated the next day. The angel gets them out. Later that chapter, the king stands up against, and the angel smites him and he dies. Angels are all the way through. I can't give you a, a, a total thorough Bible study, but they're all the way through. Hallelujah. And, and it wouldn't be right if I didn't have three closings because Taylor would not feel at home. But this is my last closing, and it's chapter 35 of Psalms. I just want, <laughs> I just want you to see this because it's, it's very powerful. And it says here in Psalms chapter 35... Amen. Somewhere here. Yeah. Oh, look at this. I like this one. Verse 5. Let them, my enemies, be as chaff before the wind. And let the angel of the Lord chase them. Do you know angels can chase people for you? And the word chase there means to push them down. Trip them. <laughs> and then it keeps going. Let their way, my enemy's way, be dark and slippery. And let the angel of the Lord persecute them. That word persecute means to run after them while they are fleeing in terror. Angels, according to scripture, we have scripture. If God didn't want us to use a Greg, he shouldn't have put it in the Bible. I have scripture to say, angels, chase that person. Persecute that person. Make that person's way slippery and dark because they are withstanding me as a man of God. I'm not against them, but they're against the plan. That means I'm against them. I love everybody, but I'm not going to let them stop the plan. Angels are there to make sure the plan comes to pass. That's not a lack of love. It's not. Remember when they, with that whole thing, the nonsense with being, being arrested and all that kind of stuff? That scripture, I didn't even know that scripture existed. God said, turn, Psalm 34, which I did. And it says, the angel Lord encamped about them that fear him and delivers them. And I was standing on that scripture. And then he said, now go to the next chapter. I said, I don't think there's anything about angels in the next chapter. He said, there's a lot of things you don't know. And, the, and I found that verse. I didn't even know it was there. And it says, let the Lord, angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery. And the angel of the Lord persecute them. And he said, now claim that verse. And I did. I said, Lord, these people that are rising against me, these morons that are rising against me, and this is absolutely asinine. I said, angel, chase them and make their way dark and slippery. Make them afraid. That's scriptural. And for that, 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 that criminal attorney to call me and say, I've never once in 25 years of criminal attorneyship or whatever you call it, you know, prosecuting, defending people, I've never once encountered the DA calling me and asking for a deal. He said, every time I've had to call, but they called me. Now that's my angel making their way dark and slippery. You tell, tell me this doesn't work. I'm telling you this works. Oh, how much have we lost, Mary? Because we haven't released our angels. 
How much have we delayed? Because the angels are standing there and, and, and they're looking at us. And unlike Dr. Dufresne, we can't see them. But if we could, they'd be staring at us. Come on. I'm waiting for the faith command. Give me the faith command. Just say it and I'll do it. Let's do it, my brother and sister. Now, Father, we're going to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I've given them a walk through the tulips of your word tonight. And we've given story after story after story after story about how angels go before us, armies go before us to drive out things, to prosper us, to help us, to cause things that are not working right to be removed, to give us favor and give us aid and give us supply and give us strength. Even to deliver us, Father, like they did in the New Testament. Even to strike down our enemies like they did in that king in Acts 12. Father, angels are mighty beings sent forth by God Almighty to help the church in these perilous days in which we live. And to help us go before us and bring us into the path and into the place that you've prepared. So that we can fulfill the greatness of your plan for our future. So angels, Father, I repent. And I know the congregation repents that we have not given the attention that we should have in this area of doctrine. But Lord, I make the adjustment in my heart right now. I know my wife does. I know this congregation does. I know this staff does. And Lord, we begin to stay together now in Jesus' name. First, first, first corporately first for the church then for us personally we put your house before we put our house and we say for this church and for promise of life and for the greatness of your plan angels go before us in jesus name and prosper us in the way prosper us in the forty thousand a week that we need prosper us in the growth of this church you told me it would grow this year you said that in the Jericho year they would come like they did to Elisha and they would join. Lord, angels prosper us in this way. Deliver us from those that would rise up against us for not all men have faith. Deliver us from wicked and unreasonable men. Angels go in Jesus' name and bring us into the place that God has prepared for us. We thank you, Father, that they're working. We thank you that they're working. We thank you that they're working. Oh, I thank you that they're working in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, we've taken care of your house. Now we can focus, I can now focus on my. I won't get into that because of time, but Lord, then I would focus on my life, my finances, my things, my business, what I need, my budget. They are here to help me personally. But Lord, I put your house first. I put the plan first for the corporate plan, the church plan, the greatness of your plan for this ministry of which I am a part. And everybody sitting and watching are a part. Let us release our faith. They are mighty beings that will defend us even from the heavenly realm and fight against those that need to be fought against, that we would have victory. Oh, I glorify you, Father. Oh, I glorify you. It'll come, it'll all come. Angels are working. They're working behind the scenes. Now, angels, you know those ones that are easily offended. You know those ones that are on the edge. You know those ones that are teetering and tottering in their loyalty to this plan because the devil is trying to work on them. Now, go in Jesus' name and help them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, cause them to stay on that path. In Jesus' name. Those that have left, that have left wrong, that you've called to be here. Influence those ones that they would humble themselves to come back. For we need them. They are a living stone in the wall. And we need their supply. 
And Lord, you're not mad at anybody. You just want us to be humble before you. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Lord, tonight was supernatural. Whether the people fully realize it or not, this was a supernatural night. This was a supernatural night, Lord, for you to just drop those verses in my spirit. Just before I came here and said, I want you to talk about angels. Lord, I, I know that this was the divine plan. I know that this was the perfect will of God. I know this was the highest flow. And I thank you, Father, that we accomplished it in Jesus' name. I give you praise. I give you praise. Jenny, you were praying earlier about Brazil. You were praying earlier about the glory going out. And about the finances, angels, you heard those prayers. Now go and cause it to come to pass in Jesus' name. They're working while I'm sleeping. They're working when I don't know what to do. They're working. They're influencing and they're moving obstacles and they're arranging things for me and for you and for this ministry and for your business and for your personal finances. They're arranging things. Ah, I see that. Mary, stand up. Mary, you're if I just heard the Holy Ghost say, there's an angel standing beside her that is anxiously awaiting to help her with that situation. Now, you know the situation I'm talking about because we've had many counseling sessions about it. Now, you need to release that angel, my sister. Now, as, a, as your pastor with authority, because you've granted me that authority by being in this service and by sitting under my leadership. Now, I can't just do this for anybody, but I can when the Lord instructs and when somebody is under my authority. Now, that angel that is she's standing on your right-hand side. Now, that angel, I speak to you in Jesus' name. Now, you go and you fix that problem for her. I say the angel of the Lord goes before her and camps about her and delivers her and makes the way of the enemies of God slippery. You go and chase that situation and you go and cause prosperity to come to her. Angel, I release you. Go in Jesus' name according to God's word. Now, Mary, you watch. That situation is going to start to turn. That situation is going to start to turn because it's not just you and your lawyer and all the other stuff. There's an angel that's working with you. And he can do something that you can't do. And he can influence people in a way that you can't influence. He can break through in areas that you can't break through. So I thank you, Father. Now you just rejoice. And every day, Mary, you just say, Angel, you keep working. And you just speak the word and, and just do it on a daily basis. Don't just say, well, it had Pastor Craig send it, so that's done. No, every day. Every day. Faith has to be renewed every day. You're going to send out those angels every day. And that angel will work for you. He'll turn that situation, Mary, to your good. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I can't just pick people out unless the Lord tells me to. But I was standing there and I just heard him say, there's an angel standing beside her on the right-hand side ready to fix that problem. Have her stand up and send it out on her behalf and then tell her to keep doing this every day. Mary, that will turn to the glory of God that will turn. But all of you have an angel standing beside you and they're waiting to go. Give them the faith command and they will obey you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I give you praise, Father. I give you praise. I give you praise. Hallelujah. Do you know how I know that you have authority, that you can speak forth to angels that are assigned to this ministry? Do you know how I know that? Because Brother Ramos taught me that. Because he, as a son of Dr. Dufresne, was interceding for the taco building. Not the taco building. It was another building years later. Something else that they needed, a big financial miracle. And he was praying for them. And those same two Taco Bell angels showed up in his room. And they looked at him and he did the same thing that doctor, he didn't, he, they said, we've come to help Dr. Dufresne because you're praying for him. Yeah. And, they, and he said, thank you. And they, did, and they just stared at him. And they didn't, he didn't ask them and they didn't answer, but God reminded him of what doctor had said that they were waiting for the faith man. And he goes, oh, I know why you're not going. And he spoke the word and they flew through the window. And within a month, God had turned that whole financial situation for that. Now listen, that was not Dr. Dufresne. That was somebody, his spiritual son, 
under his authority, loyal, praying for his ministry, had authority to send his angels out. So you have authority, if you're in this church and your heart's right, you have authority to release the ministry, ministering angels that are assigned to this work. So don't just wait for me to do it, and I do do it, but you do it as well. And this, this will turn. Hallelujah. This financial thing that we've been going through the last three weeks, I say it will turn. In Jesus' name, God is going to turn it. Hallelujah. These works that we're going to, it's going to turn. Amen. Hallelujah. Philippines has to open their doors because they won't let me in. They won't let Canada. Canada's on their red list. The United States that has less, less, less vaccinations than us and higher numbers are on their yellow list. But some, for some reason, Canada's on their red list. So I can't get, I can't, Canadians can't get into the Philippines. We're going to we're gonna have to quarantine in a facility of their choosing for 14 days. I'm not going to a facility of their choosing. I'm not doing that. So those angels, I've already been, now you go, now you go and cause that to change. Because God said you have to go there and pray and fast this year on the soil for, for that ministry. So we have to have that open. So angels can go and cause that. You say, but that's national. I know angels are very smart. I don't have national connections, but angels know how to influence the people that make the decisions. Anything you face, angels will help you. Amen. Amen. Did you, were you encouraged? Did you helped a little bit tonight? Are you leaving feeling like, you know what? I need to pick this stuff up a little bit. I, I've been trying to handle everything on my own, but I've got beings beside me that are willing to help me. Praise God. And just because God and you showed Dad Hagen what their names were, don't mean that you have the right to know what their names are. Okay? Are you listening? So don't be done talking to them. No, I'm serious, because you, you'll open the door to wrong spirits, and they'll talk back, but it won't be those angels. All right, so don't, don't be asking them because Dad Hagen was a prophet and the foremost prophet and he had certain privileges that not every believer has because of his office. But that doesn't mean that everybody should be asking the name of the angels. Do you understand? Okay. <laughs> we have to just say that because I can just see people going, oh, please appear to me. And then now you've got this one and that one. And then they're emailing me, pastor, this is the name of my angel. And he told me a joke. And oh my God, please don't do that. Just be, don't be weird. Just speak the word and know that they're going and they're doing it and don't try to engage them or ask them to appear to you or tell you their name. That's not your place. And that's not my place either.